Welcome to One Week, One Year, a podcast where we normally uh, go through movie history one year at a time, starting from 1895, but this year, uh, or this week, this episode, we're going to be discussing Les Vampires, uh, which he'd already talked about on the show, uh, but the reason we're talking about it again is because uh, there was recently an HBO series that was a remake of Irma Vep, uh, the 90s French film uh, that uh, has a lot to do with this old movie serial. Uh, so my name is Chris Ellie. I am one of your hosts, and joining me as always is... I'm Glenn Covell. I am one of the other hosts. The other host, yeah. typically. Uh, and I'm a filmmaker. Oh yeah, I'm a projectionist, I forgot to say. Oh yeah, and then point. Yeah, uh, and then uh, joining us for the first time, we have... I'm Jack Brennick. Uh, I work with uh, Chris at the uh, Denver Film Center. Um, I'm an operations manager there, and uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long journey watching uh, this serial over the course of a couple months, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> so thanks for having me on. And yeah, we we got to watch it together uh, pretty much entirely on the big screen. Or did we did we watch any at home, or did we? Yeah, a couple a couple of them were, were on your uh, your projector, but that's right. Yeah. We, we got to watch most of them in the movie theater, which was really great. Uh, and it's something that I don't think that either of us get to take advantage of enough, is having a movie theater at our disposal. Mm. Yeah. Also, being able to watch the 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 Vampire's serial concurrently with the Irma Vap TV show, I think was a cool... I did not do it that way, but that seems like a really great way of, of watching it. Yeah, it we, was. Yeah, we kept saying that it lined up like like really well mm. yeah we would watch a vampires episode and then right afterward they would be recording those scenes that we just watched uh it it like never failed to sync up perfectly oh. uh, i guess we could put our it's relatively straightforward but we we could put our watch order in the description <laughs> yeah as the yeah. as the new show starts to go off the rails a little bit it, it doesn't line up quite as well but mm-hmm. i think that was like also enjoyable that's great and Glenn, you watched it as it came out, right? Not really. I think I started watching it as it was airing on HBO when it was about halfway through and then finished it like a month or two later. Yeah, so I, I wasn't really watching it as it came out, but I was ballpark around the same time. Do either of you guys have a history with the original movie? I don't remember if, if either of you do. I, I kind of... um been hearing about it for a long time the first time i watched it was with uh with you at the, the film center and uh i think that like the first when we first watched it i wasn't super into it i think we kind of said that we felt like it was a little bit criterion core uh maybe but after watching the show i think i actually enjoy it more i'd, I'd it'd be interesting to rewatch after watching the show but um we uh uh it, on re-examination it's like richer in a lot of ways Mm. glenn had you Uh, seen the movie before i had not i watched it for this podcast back when we were we were gonna initially cover the movie as part of our decade in review episode that's right yeah and then the show came out and i was watching the show and i was like this is great you should watch this and so then it kind of became too big of a thing and we decided to give it its own episode which is what this is yeah and the show is really great i i think um it did some really amazing daring stuff that uh 
HBO HBO is doing did like two really incredible meta like postmodern series this year with rehearsal and and uh, Irma mm. Um and I some of them both of them were like some of the most impressive television that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I think it's the best thing I've seen all year without without a doubt. I really liked it. Yeah. Do you all um want to talk about like just generally what uh, Irma Vep is? Sure. Um, so I guess Irma Vep is both the film and the series are directed by Olivier Assayas, who is a French director, and they both are about a contemporary uh, remake of Le Vampires, uh, being made either in the mid-90s in France or 2021 in France. They're very kind of... It, they're both very meta. Um, they both mostly follow the lead actor cast as Irma Vep, but that is a completely different character in the movie and the show. Um, and the various... Uh, a lot of both have to do with the various problems that the production goes through as they're trying to remake the vampires yeah it's very much like a film biz kind of thing yeah yeah for sure both are very kind of representative of like where the film biz was when they were each made which is for sure like is interesting on their own but then the fact that they both exist and are sort of like reflecting different things is also pretty cool yeah the movie felt like it was really kind of like locked into maggie chung's perspective like you were mm-hmm. kind of just like following her the entire time. And because of that, you almost like, you don't really learn that much about the serial from watching that first movie, I think. I mean, partially it's, I mean, the, seri- the, the series, the new series has more time to work with, but um, I, f- I feel like it's, you could definitely go into the series not having watched any of the silent serial probably. I w- Which is- yeah, I would be really interested to see what, watching Irma Vep is like knowing nothing about the vampires because you probably think it's like a really like corny old thing which it kind of is but like uh but that's it's, like it's that's how most the show the, like, the relationship the show has with the vampires yeah no i know like that's that is how most people watched it and that's kind of wild to me yeah um like i i do think i would enjoy both either way but uh Definitely, I think my enjoyment of both, especially the show, was, like, so much greater, having watched all of the vampires also. Hmm. And, like, so much of the joy... Especially, like, the show really gets into a lot of detail of, like... I don't know, they just talk about the serial a lot more. I think I think in the movie, it's almost kind of the stand-in of just, like, an old French film. Like, yeah. kind of... You could probably swap it out for something else, and it wouldn't affect the rest of the movie that much yeah whereas i feel like the show is like very tied into there's a lot of like mirroring of like what's happening in the serial and like what's happening on set and like all that kind of stuff it's like poetry they rhyme (laughs) that was something that i actually was a little interested by with the way that the show handled uh les vampires was that i was kind of surprised at how little they were trying to mirror what was happening especially as we were watching them like juxtaposed right with Mm -hmm. each other right like when whenever uh whenever there's like a show within a show or something like that right it's like it's like usually commenting on the outside thing that's happening Mm -hmm. but i i had like 
I didn't notice too many like narrative parallels with what was happening in Les Vampires versus what was happening in Irma Vep. Like they were filming the same scenes. Um, but yeah, did, I don't know. I, it was kind of odd to me, but I thought it was kind of interesting that it wasn't doing this kind of obligatory story structure thing in a way. Right. Yeah. Well, that's also because the vampires already exist. So it's not like it is kind of a show within a show, but it's also a pre-existing thing that is set. So, yeah, I feel like it, like almost even though you don't get as much information like about the serial in the the Maggie Chung movie, I feel like you kind of get more mirroring in that one. The thing that was the most interesting to me about about the new series is like how much they play up like the corniness, like the like the remake that he's making is like just absolutely horrible. Um, and I don't know I think that 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 part of it is is like really bizarre, kind of how seriously these actors are taking what is like so visibly to the to the audience i assume kind of just like trash you know (laughs) right yeah it's 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 a lot of it's it's a lot of fun in that way i mean like um the way that like both works both versions of irma vep like relate to the vampires as far as like respecting this earlier work uh is interesting like um it, it, it seems like they they occupy the space where they are both like kind of worshiping the vampires but realizing that it is kind of a corny old thing anyway yeah um, and they have different characters representing different perspectives but i think that the show is like very fond of les vampires but it doesn't necessarily think it's that great yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah it's definitely it, there's a lot of something i really enjoyed is a lot of the kind of the playful ribbing of the vampires kind of through the characters um, and like through like the cast and the crew who are working on the remake and being like, what? Like, why, why is this happening? And like, I remember there's the, there's the whole bit with the, the actor who's playing uh, Philippe, uh, who's the lead character of the vampires in Irma Vep, The actor playing him is always kind of trying to make him like cooler. Mm-hmm. He's always like, Ah, like why is this guy this guy shouldn't like live with his mom and well he's like he's a detective he's like a <laughs> he's a star reporter he's like solving crimes like um and like all of the characters are kind of like wanting wanting to all the actors are trying to make their characters cooler and it's like it's like no you gotta you gotta stick with the original it's like i think i remember that specifically being a thing that we both commented on when we watched the vampires originally was like philippe almost feels like he was written to be like a kid detective um but he's played by an adult actor <laughs> and i think it's funny that in in the irma vep show there's like the characters are explicitly kind of they're not making that same observation but they're kind of commenting on that weirdness yeah it's it's interesting to me that like you like when you're watching the series you kind of get to this point where because i think like the first couple episodes it seems like it's just like a direct remake of the Irma Vet movie. And then mm-hmm. it feels like there's almost like a twist, like a twist that would, that would only work in like a meta series where you, you realize it's not a remake. It's like a sequel. It's a sequel to the, mm-hmm. um, to the Irma Vet movie. Uh, and I, I think that like that kind of like almost better contextualizes the, the version that's being made, the version of, uh, live in peers it's being made in the series 
because um, it's like it's like the opposite of what of the like experimental film you see at the end of the movie right it's like the exact mm-hmm. opposite in a way um that was something i was thinking about the other day well it's always like commenting on the fact of it being a remake right this is a remake of a movie or it's a sequel slash remake of a movie that is about remaking a movie and this thing itself is about remaking a movie and so it's got all of these layers of like commenting upon itself yeah. um, and commenting upon the fact of like doing some like making something twice like living up to past work um and and like including like these kind of um you know introducing this element of like the spirits of cinema and like you know worshiping like yeah. these characters who move from one work to another you know yeah, and the like, yeah, the, all those layers of like meta ness are very weird too, because like, yeah, the show is kind of a sequel to the movie, but also, but it also isn't, because like Maggie Chung and Olivier Essayas were actually married. And then the character based on him in the Irma Beck TV show was also married to the lead actor of his original Irma Beck movie. But the names aren't the same. But it's like clearly about yeah. It's like yeah. It's like the yeah. There was one episode where I don't know the the I guess where the Maggie Chung stand-in character was introduced, and I went and looked up like Oliver uh, or Olivier. I don't know. It uh, is Olivier. There's an I in there. Uh, <laughs> I looked up Olivier Assayas's Wikipedia page. It talked about like his his marriage to Maggie Chung after making Irma mm-hmm. Vep and how it ended in um you know they they got divorced and then she retired from acting just like is depicted in this uh the in the show she's like kind of a recluse in a way as depicted in the show. It's like I wonder like this is also like this weirdly personal thing for him, you know. He's mm-hmm. like, he he's having this guy who is a stand-in for him just spill his guts out in the show, um, and he's also just like clowning on himself the whole time while he's making this, you know. Yeah. Uh, if if we, he's if... taking like all of his insecurities and all of his like like baggage that he has associated with his original movie and like putting it on display uh, in the show. Yeah, like, if if the character based on him is to be taken as, like, a pretty close approximation of himself, which I think it is, it's not a very, like, flattering yeah. portrait of himself. <laughs> like, he's not he's not trying to make himself look good in this at all. Um, but I like that. I like how it does feel like he is kind of, like, ex- excising a lot of his own internal thoughts and feelings into it. Yeah, and one thing that just occurred to me to, to go back to the, to the original... Um, serial is that like even some of those elements which like are so easily associated with both the meta aspect of it and the, the, like the remake and the remake again um, like do kind of wind up occurring uh, in like the production of that original one like you were saying when we were watching it Chris like that the actors keep changing I think you were saying it's because they have to go a lot of them had to go off to war right but there's like even in that like original version you have like characters leaving like without notice and then like being replaced mm-hmm. i mean essentially like the the like the uh, venom guy in the end is like the same as the head vampire and whatnot so you even even kind of have it in, in the original version 
Yeah, and then one of the really cool things in the new show is uh, that it has these moments that are like a scene from uh, Musidora's uh, uh, biography, Mm -hmm. right? Right, yeah. Uh, Where it's showing reenacted scenes of the making of the original Les Vampires with all of the people from the new show playing the kind of like 1915 versions of themselves that also comes in pretty late as i remember it like it's the last couple episodes Um, then it makes me wonder how real all of that stuff is right yeah you couldn't you couldn't really tell if at least i couldn't really tell if those scenes were part of what he was like releasing the, the television series he was releasing in the world of the of the series or if they were like separate asides like in what we were watching does that make sense like i couldn't tell if they were like part of part of like what he was making or not you know i don't think they were supposed to but i also don't necessarily think that that's that maybe i'm not sure i hope this is this episode is like coherent to listen to because there's so many layers of this of like (laughs) The yeah. show that's based on the serial, but then, then that's a scene from the movie. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I've, been, I've been trying to be kind of as clear as possible with my terminology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, need, we need to release, like, an infographic along with yeah. this one. Just to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, hopefully... Uh, <laughs> maybe we can record something to go before this that says, like, hey, uh, none of this is going to make sense unless you've seen the whole show. <laughs> yeah, yeah um also just like watch the show it's a good show like it's regardless of all of its connection to like luffy odd stuff or the vampires or any of the, it's like it's just a good show and it's a nice like access point towards silent film a bit mm-hmm. i think i mean um i i would not recommend watching Le vampires all at once but like if you watch irma vep and then are curious like i would say uh watching um watching Le vampires to kind of look back on what it's talking about is really interesting. And I would highly recommend watching it the way that Jack and I did of, mm-hmm. um, of trading off episode by episode. Uh, I thought it was like a really great way to watch both. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all, it's all very worth your time. Although I will say, I, I think we both agree that if we're talking about uh, Louis Fouillard serials, Phantomas is better. Oh, a little bit. I mean, we've 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 talked about this at length, um, but I I do I really like I really like the vampires just as a thing mm-hmm. by itself. Um, I think it's super fun, and I, I think a yeah. lot of that has to do with that kind of like that silliness of like everyone's hiding in a basket. Always, someone always gets knocked out by knockout gas. Yeah, yeah vampires is kind of self serious, but also goofy. Where mm-hmm. Phantomas is just like very grim and gritty and yeah. self serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my favorite is like the roll away cannon that uh, saves <laughs> <laughs> Just in his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 he establishes his dominance over another cri- criminal gang by the fact that he has a cannon. <laughs> yeah. 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 Of course. How it's an easy way. To, it's an easy way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I don't know, having having pretty recently watched the vampires, it was just it was very funny to see a like contemporary, like mainstream HBO show, just like all about it, recreating yeah. scenes from it and like characters talking about it at length and like having discussions about it and like having differing 
um, interpretations of it even. Yeah, it's like not, you know, it's it's a, it's an era of film history and it's like a type of film that you don't really see people heaping that much attention and, and reverence hmm. on. It does make me wonder if in France, Louis Fiat is kind of a, a more of a big name. Because I had never heard of him before we got to like the, ninth, the early 1910s doing this show. Mm-hmm. I had never seen any of his, I hadn't even really heard of any of it. But certainly the way he's i feel like talked about and maybe that's part of the joke is the way he's talked about in the in the movie and the show arm of Ep, is like oh louis fiat the great the great master you know but that might just be olivier assayas just being like you know this this one silent film director that i like right. and i'm gonna talk about him like he's you know uh this sort of like essential piece of film history which he kind well, of I mean, is. He is like yeah he, that's he the is thing major, so but like um and he did definitely make some um formal strides i suppose or at least like narrative ones um but there are probably names that we could list as maybe more important even french but I, ones i mean not even necessarily just importance but i mean just in terms of like recognition uh jack you had never seen the vampires before this right or had you uh, i i i watched it in college in like a similar fashion where um after in a class on silent film after each film we watched we watched an episode um Mm -hmm. and uh i I was usually like i I usually fell asleep at that point because there was these were like late night screenings and i I could stay awake for like the silent film but by the time the serial came on i was often falling asleep so it was kind of fun because a lot of like this rewatching felt very dreamlike um Mm. Because I was in and out of it the first time I watched it, for sure. It is. It, it can be easy to fall asleep during silent film, for sure. Uh, they're like, very it, quiet. It they're very quiet. It doesn't like engage your your four D senses as much as other other films, uh, and so it can. I, I sometimes find it easy to get distracted, even though um, you know I don't know. I'm supposed to be some kind of you know aficionado or something. <laughs> One thing I was kind of struck by or took note of in the in the film Armavep is when they're talking about the the costume design for Armavep. Mm. Um they mention uh, Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman from Batman Returns as like one of the inspirations, which is very evident. But I thought that was kind of funny that they're using that as like oh like this is inspired by that thing because I feel like the in the original character of Catwoman feels so kind of indebted to Irma Vep as a character from the original serial. Like mm-hmm. there's kind of a clear lineage there. And I think that's funny when like you get to a point in pop culture or whatever where things are it's like the snake eating its own tail. It's just like I don't know, it's like Tomb Raider and then Uncharted and then like new Tomb Raider is like taking stuff from uncharted and it's like but that was kind of but then the, you know it's like it's funny that you well, mentioned tomb raider because uh alicia um, vikander was in yeah tomb raider. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um ridiculous yeah and there you go it's a, everything is just a mishmash um do you think she felt about tomb raider like she felt about her superhero movie that she scoffs at one one thousand percent i think that was a one-to-one uh uh 
stand-in. Like, that was all I was thinking about watching it, of, like, oh, she's making this terrible, terrible-looking sci-fi superhero movie um, that she doesn't seem very happy about um, and has to do all the press for it. And I was like, is this about Tomb Raider? <laughs> I mean, this, like we were touching on earlier, this new Irma Vep show, it it has so much discussion on... Uh, the the state of the film industry right now with like you know people talking about like what's gonna appeal on streaming what's bingeable you know is this gonna is this gonna sell in an in a market that's full of superhero movies right which makes it even funnier that they're remaking the vampires because it's like so old-timey right yeah, it's yeah, and it's like this prestige thing, but it's also like super dumb and poorly made. <laughs> I think I think that's part of why I enjoyed so much about um, this like this new series, this new HBO series, though, is that it it still like somehow like fundamentally feels like an HBO series, um, and I'm I'm glad that it wasn't like attempting to, which like kind of like the movie did, like be artistic in some in some way or I mean that maybe that's not the right word but um like I think that that like was enjoyable because the content of it despite it's kind of operating like a normal HBO series was so like rich um otherwise like it didn't have to be like formally complex Mm. yeah I I do feel like I I enjoyed the series more I think probably because Probably because I was just able to kind of lock into the stuff it was kind of criticizing, not necessarily criticizing, but like commenting on more of like, I had a greater understanding of like the film and TV landscape, I guess now than when I was five years old. So that helps. Like I I got most of what the movie is sort of like commenting on, but I, I, this also just the series is so much more time to like get into that stuff too. Yeah, I mean, I think the movie kind of has less to say in a way. It's more more vibes than like perspectives. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that that is evident in the way that the movie ends, which is just mm-hmm. this very experiential, uh, art housey kind of uh, abstract way, um, where the new series ends with like ideas forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm a fan. Yeah. And you you mentioned earlier how Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman was, you can trace the lineage to Irma Vep uh, mm-hmm. in the original Le Vampires. And that's like the kind of thing that they talk about where I, I think Jack, you weren't like a huge fan of, of this concept, but I, I thought that it was definitely like an interesting perspective where they talked about like the spirits in cinema they start talking about like do you believe in ghosts and like supernatural stuff starts happening in the series and mm. uh the director of the in universe Le vampires remake uh talks about how irma vep is almost like this this spirit that lives in cinema and goes from place to place and you only control her for a certain amount of time but then like you live in her and she lives in you and uh, and then she moves on to some other part of cinema where she's where 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 her spirit goes, uh, and I thought that was like a really interesting concept, and you can kind of see that 
you know, reflected in, in that sort of lineage that you're talking about, right? Where you could see that, like, oh, the spirit of Irma Vep was inside of Catwoman when they made Batman Returns. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer was, was running through walls and <laughs> teleporting around. Um, yeah. I like it more now that you described it like that. I, like, I think the connection to, to Catwoman... Uh, yeah i like that better yeah i i i find that to be a very just i guess intriguing concept because i do think that is kind of how it that kind of feels at least partially what like performance is like and just kind of making just like making a thing like making a film or anything you are kind of sort of you're living in something so intensely that you're sort of like drawing upon whatever I don't know. I don't, I don't put it in like, I don't think of it in like supernatural terms, but I do think that there is something to that like mindset a little bit. It's also just like a very entertaining, funny, enjoyable show to watch. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah it really was. What's the, what's the German guy's name again? He was my favorite character. I forget the character's name. He's played by a German actor that I've seen in, in other stuff named Lars... I'm gonna mess up his name, so I'm not even gonna try. Sorry, Lars. We'll yeah, I mean, I saw show notes. Yeah, he was he was amazing. I mean, his and like the different speeches that he gave, like he was like that like perfect kind of likable, unlikable character. I thought. Yeah, like it's like I never want to meet this guy, but I will yeah. watch him <laughs> on screen forever. Yeah, exactly. That was, I mean, that was like um, uh, one of the really <laughs> one of the one of the really entertaining things about the show was like. Not just like the state of showbiz, but just like showbiz people and being like surrounded yeah. by these like really petty, like mean, like weird <laughs> people. <laughs> I think the movie probably more so than the show, but both are very like critical looks at just like what life on a film set is like. Of just like it's really annoying, it's really stressful. People are like not helping each other i don't know there's just a lot of they're both kind of like worst case scenarios almost they're, they feel kind of they're they're drawing upon all of the a lot of the worst experiences that i think most people who've worked on set have had and kind of mm-hmm. like we're just going to make an entire you know nightmare project out of all of these disparate things like i ha- i've never really worked with like a super like entitled diva-ish actor but like i know that that happens all the time like it's like this sort of thing it's like i haven't seen all these things happening at once but like separately maybe right and and like i think that it's it's you know you talk about the show as like this we talk about the show as this kind of like show busy kind of uh like what is it to make movies what is all you know uh, let's look at this drama that's ha- happening in actors' lives, and like it, it feels like kind of like, I don't know, um, insular in a way, um, mm-hmm. or or can. Um, but I think that the show is like, for something that's like so in the weeds, it's really accessible. Mm-hmm. I would say um, it's got like it, it, it there without watching the vampires and without knowing a lot about showbiz, like there are certain like intricacies of what's going on that you might miss. But I think that like watching the show as a show, um, it, 
it's just entertaining like what is happening in this kind of like interior drama of of what's ha- of what's going on in these people's lives and it doesn't feel like like look at us we're making movies we're so cool and you're interested in it just because we're making a movie right like it's yeah. funny and interesting in its own right even outside of these kind of metatextual and you know uh self-referential aspects mm-hmm. yeah for sure um yeah i feel like a lot of the a lot of the character drama feels like pretty at its core it's very kind of universal not i don't know universal but like just like paramount baseline like human drama stuff of like we understand what pettiness is and like jealousy and like regret and you know that kind of stuff hopes and dreams um that all feels like it's pretty universal i I do feel like at different times i have i kind of like hated each of the different characters uh, yeah for sure yeah each character is definitely very very flawed in their own ways for sure and even though the director like you wouldn't want to it would be terrible to work under him because he loses his temper all the time i felt i felt so bad for him that i was never like yeah i was never upset at him you know i was like uh i was like yeah these people are being divas that are making your job impossible like like (laughs) i understand you lashing out and i don't know i just think i just think the director's adorable uh but then a lot of the other people were really insufferable at times in in an entertaining way i think i felt the most conflicted about him because you get this sense that he's like really struggling but also like a genius and and just kind of like trapped within like the bureaucracy of it um but also just like doesn't handle it very well when like dealing with other people like is very kind of selfish about it at times but you're right there's like there's something like weirdly like cute about him too <laughs> so it's very true um yeah I, th- I think it it the show also does a really good job of even though yeah every character is kind of insufferable at times like i feel like there was never there was i feel like there's not really any characters in it that i felt like i i hated like i feel like they all felt like oh they all felt very human i guess yeah i feel like maybe like the the biggest broadest character is oh i forgot his name again the the german actor that they that they bring in that is just definitely broad (laughs) difficult difficult to work with but even him is like he's so kind of entertaining to watch that it's like you know every time he pops up in a scene you're just like oh here we go yeah i think that what made him so complex is that like i could never tell if he was like gaslighting them all in in regards to Mm. his like weird kind of like conservative (laughs) like monologues and then he'd have like those aspects obviously kind of just be like on the rails in general and then would momentarily like kind of step into these like intellectual speeches about like the nature and history of film (laughs) Um, yeah so there was like a lot going on with him and it was hard to tell like even with him as a person like what the act and what wasn't you know Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um and yeah like there's plenty of moments of like sweetness from that character that is like kind of takes you off guard because you've been introduced to him as this like just like ball of chaos that just just you know messes up everything around him kind of um i also just think it's it's like a funny like microcosm of 
filmmaking of like he's like demanding drugs and like no one can get him to come to set or he's like asleep or something you know there's like all these things and you're like why would anyone work with this guy and then it's like the second he actually is like called upon to do his job he's like super professional and everyone's like yep see like great he did it yeah he's like the best actor in the whole show (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, exactly and that's what that's like i was like why wouldn't they fire him immediately and it's like well that's why i he's an interesting depiction of somebody who uh you know has maybe like been a hollywood star for long enough that he has just like he he felt like he experienced everything that life had to offer and so he's just trying to like go to like greater extremes <laughs> in every way he's like oh yeah i've done being gay that's boring i'm a republican now you know <laughs> i'm i'm going to do every drug there is you know uh i yeah i thought it was it, it's really interesting to see somebody like that depicted um uh where 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 someone could go at the absolute like limits of hedonism uh, yeah, and, and the yeah. hedonism that's afforded to you by being a famous person. Mm-hmm. Also, that is uh, just conceptually the like the greatest hedonism is like conservatism. <laughs> One thing that I was uh, talking to Chris about, and maybe uh, maybe I like harp on it too much, but I think that something that's interesting in in both the, the new HBO series and the movie uh, is the absence of. Mazamet, because I, in my opinion, like aside from maybe uh, Irma Vep, I think he's like the most important character in the original mm-hmm. serial. And I think that, like, I actually think that that's something that is like missing from from both of those new renditions. And just like, because I like that, that, that like lightheartedness that he brings in is like very essential, I think, to the to the sound serial. Yeah, it's um thank you for bringing that up cuz I I hadn't written that down, but I definitely felt the same way watching the show. I was like, when are they going to have more Ma- like who's the actor who plays Mazamet? I need to know. And it's like not even like he shows up in scenes, but it's like never Yeah. I feel like the actor who plays Mazamet isn't really a character in Yeah, exactly. in the Revep show. Um and, and when you that- do see Mazamet like in the remake of the serial he is serious. He's not like a mugging goofball. Right, yeah. Um, I don't know if we ever get Eustache in Irma Vap, sadly. My favorite yeah. character in The Vampires. <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he uh, I mean, and he's like also, he provides that like meta element, that like fourth wall breaking element in the original mm-hmm. too, because he's the one that addresses the camera. So yeah. like if that's like a continuation across all three he's like kind of essential to that mm. maybe it was like we're already breaking the fourth wall too much yeah <laughs> no mazamet <laughs> yeah i mean i wonder if like because because the vampires is less of a one note type of series than it's being depicted in irma vep uh in that like it has these comedic elements and these kind of goofy fourth wall breaking elements with mazamet mm-hmm. which honestly like doesn't super square with a lot of the rest of what's going on mm-hmm. um i wonder if they felt like they needed to treat the in-universe version of Le vampires as this like fully serious thing so that they could contrast it by doing like goofy stuff on the outside of it mm-hmm. and that like maybe mazamet would like conflict with that 
yeah. it doesn't really feel fair to him you know but i wonder if it was this kind of like structural thing of like of like all of the comedy has to come from like like if we're laughing at this like in-universe remake of Voy vampires being like l- kind of low rent and poorly acted and goofy like despite its self-seriousness then that would be kind of complicated by the original vampires being kind of a little unself-serious and a little goofy in the first place um so i guess maybe that's like what they wanted to do with it but i don't i don't really know uh yeah it mm. does seem it's a tragedy to not have baby Mazamet. <laughs> yeah indeed um I don't know what what other what other things did you guys like about the show? <laughs> like you watched it a lot more recently than I have, so I'm I'm trying to remember like specific scenes or specific things in the show that that really struck me. Um, what did you guys think about the um the kind of sudden introduction of these like hyper real paranormal type things like the walking through walls stuff in the show? I, it took me a little bit off guard, I think, because the show is, other than that stuff, is pretty straight than the line, like, showbiz satire, like, stuff, and it's pretty grounded. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, it, it felt to me like it was almost trying to one-up, that's the scene, which is probably, the, in my opinion, the best part of the Maggie Chung movie, when she's, like, just kind of like playing the part around the hotel. Like, it felt like the moving through walls was maybe, like, trying to one-up that and I could I, I would have been fine if it was just like more kind of just like sneaking around the hotel but, but then it's like at first I'm like oh it's like she's getting super into character and this is just sort of like uh you know representative of of her headspace or her reality in that moment but then as the show keeps going along it's sort of like well like how did she steal the necklace or, or the earrings what was it uh, um like a brooch yeah um and it's like well she couldn't have like snuck did she sneak in? did she just sneak in or did she actually like materialize through the wall you know um and i feel like i don't really remember if the show gives you a clear answer on that um i don't really think it did i mean i think the show treats it as if these paranormal things happened um which I think that I, I think it's like an interesting space that it's occupying of like, um, I don't know, like casually breaking reality in a way that you just kind of have to accept, mm-hmm. uh, which which I think is interesting. Like like normally you know you you either live in something that's kind of like trying to recreate reality or you're living in this kind of hyper real uh, this like superhero whatever thing she's shadow cat basically Mm -hmm. um but like i think i think it like puts the viewer in a really like strange and uncomfortable state to like watch things that there's no way they could have happened and like there there's there's no justification for them happening but then you just have to accept it Mm -hmm. um you kind of like it kind of like loosens your relationship with the reality of the movie or the show. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I like, I don't know what it did with it exactly, but like, I, I, I 
kind of respected the feeling that it put in me to like not mm. really because I like for a lot of stuff a lot of more like artistic type things I'm like an advocate for like not taking like the literal reality of a work so seriously all of the time mm-hmm. yeah um and I think that this is something that like forces you to like detach yourself from that a little bit yeah well it's like on I uh it was a a number of years ago but i I had a sort of like realization once watching a show that had a lot of like late like yeah like layers of reality like oh what's in this person's head what's real and what's you know and i was like oh like did this really happen or not i was like well no none of this happened it's all a tv show and just having that sort of like no no you have to detach from it to a certain degree of like none of this is like all of this is whatever reality the people making it want it to be Mm -hmm. um and yeah kind of trying to kind of not view not view things in in such a literal manner i think is a uh i I think is a a good way of watching most any media it's like getting caught up on like if the top stops spinning in inception yeah (laughs) yeah exactly you know what what happened after that nothing happened after that the movie was over you know um it's both it's a schrodinger's cat situation yeah um it's a nolan's top situation (laughs) yeah uh so it's yeah it's like whether or not uh mira is actually you know gaining supernatural abilities through her performance of irma vep which is in itself a cool weird idea of like actors inhabiting a role can like you know embody a spirit that then gives them you know (laughs) like burglar powers it's like yeah it's it's less about the the question of like is that real or not it's more about like what does that what does that say about the characters and sort of yeah like the feeling that it puts into you when you're watching it yeah i think it does like line up well with what we were talking about earlier and that like as the show goes on there's more of this and starts to end there's more of this idea that like you're saying chris that Irma Beth kind of moves across cinema and i think that that the the scene where she's talking she's talking to the maggie chung stand-in is it jade lee right yeah, um so. i think that that like is my favorite favorite part but they kind of like recognize each other um and that that moment kind of like yeah towards towards the end of the series you're kind of no longer dealing with like reality like that's when it becomes the most meta and it's just kind of like it's commenting like in general i think mm-hmm. yeah at a certain point it is almost like it's less the characters talking to each other and it's almost a bit more like olivia sas just like this is what i'm trying to say yeah or or yeah it's just they're they're less the characters become less literal people and they become mm. more just like stand-ins for ideas or archetypes or dynamics and yeah. rather than having to get caught up in a literal narrative they can just kind of enter this like dream space where they can just like speak as representations of what they are rather than uh you know getting bogged down in like this is a person who's american born in sweden and is in a french production of a movie you know i do like how because alicia vikander is swedish they were like she's playing an american character but like she was born in sweden which is why she kind of have an accent (laughs) i i love all of the kind of strange not strange just all of the like really just um conspicuous details about 
people's personal lives that they put in the show. <laughs> I mean, especially the director. But, like, it seems like a lot of the people in the show, like, th- there is a lot of themselves in what's going on. It's, like, blurring mm. these lines constantly. Yeah. I Definitely the, the director is the most... The most of that, I think. Um, or the most, like, direct version of it. But, yeah, things like... It, it, did, it did make me wonder, like with the character that Alicia Vikander plays, Mira, like, d- does she not want to do Tomb Raider movie? You know, it's like that sort of thing where it's, you, you, it makes you at least ponder sort of like how much of the character is reflecting the actual person. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about like Ex Machina a lot too. I mean, I don't think that there was ever any like direct reference to it, but there, mm-hmm. to me, like at least like inspired in my mind, like, drawing connections between between that film and like the idea of Irma Vep and just like this like female character even that it's like Irma Vep and the robot from Ex Machina are like there's kind of a lineage there too I guess any sort yeah. of like femme fatale character is you can just be like it's Irma Vep yeah <laughs> um because like that archetype kind of started around that time and Irma Vep is like the most famous example of it, kind of. And she, I mean, she is responsible for like she and the vampires, maybe their like biggest kind of uh, cultural contribution are like the concept of calling someone a vamp, you know, or right. a vampire, like this kind of like uh, evil, sexy lady or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and like, it, it birthed like a whole piece of terminology that like escaped its original context. And like it, it became like a whole character, like archetype in early mm-hmm. film. Uh, yeah. At, that was kind of codified by Le Vampires. Yeah. Which I, I think that both the movie and the show are like, oh, they're very aware of that. Like the kind of archetypal nature of the vampires. Yeah, I mean, it is it is playing with archetypes in, like, a big way. Um, and, I don't know, maybe it's, like, maybe... Maybe that, like, idea of, like, the spirits of movies is, t- is trying to, like, give some kind of, like, I don't know, dignity or reverence for, like, the way that archetypes can work, I suppose. Um, like, how an archetype isn't just like a cliche, but it's like something that is sort of elemental that we can live inside mm. of, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, the, a lot of that, like, pa- like paranormal stuff in the show is painted in these like really kind of um, vague ways. But I think that there's a lot to dig into with it. Uh, like, yeah. Like philosophically. I feel like art is so cyclical. Hmm. Um. And I think both of these are very much about that, like, cyclical nature of it and trying to kind of, like, pull out what are, like, the essential ideas or, like, thematic things that are, like, why do we keep coming back to these same things? True, true. Because, like, the show is a remake of a movie that he already made, like, 20 years, you know, so it's, like, the cyclical nature is so kind of baked into it. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any thoughts on the movie specifically? I feel like it, it was, like, hard to... I, I, I feel like I didn't walk away with a lot. 
yeah but i i agree like like i said i didn't i didn't love it right after we we watched it um i will say i think that the that the kind of like following maggie chung like that kind of camera perspective i think it stands in like nice contrast to the like tableau static shot of the original serial so i think that i liked that aspect of it um a lot because it felt like it was it was the opposite um but i i i I mostly agree with what you said before i think that it's very kind of much like vibes um and it kind of like it i enjoy it more after watching this new series because i think that he's like more aware of how obsessed he was with maggie chung like that's like pretty clear when you're when you're watching the movie um in my opinion and i think that it's like i'm glad to see that he's like reflecting on that (laughs) Mm -hmm. the show kind of like brings in this kind of um like the movie is maybe this uh this young person's self-seriousness and kind of like i'm gonna make a movie that ends in this abstract way like look at me you know and then the, the show is maybe a more mature person going like you know this was the work of this was something that is to be respected in a way, but it's like sophomoric in a way. And like the, the maybe the bigger thing to do is to just like have a laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> I like really the... like that interpretation of, of like both of these works together. It's like, eh, I don't know. I was a kid. What are you going to do? <laughs> let's, let's, let's have fun now. I mean, that's how it feels to me, watching them all so close to each other. Like, if, like, the show and the movie are meant to be, like, different versions of the same thing, right? Mm. Like, like, one, they have very, very different perspectives and, and different, like, feelings. Um, and I think the, the movie's a lot more, like, cynical and edgy and, Mm -hmm. uh, and just, like, trying to make, like, a statement out of itself and, the show is maybe a little more like it's not taking itself too seriously. It's like reflective a lot more. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's just like, uh, it, it's like, um, <laughs> I have, I have something that I, that I, uh, a, a, a theorem that I've come up with. A about, theorem. A th- <laughs> about the, the, the the curve of fart jokes um where okay. when you're when you're a child fart jokes are very funny mm-hmm. uh and then when you're a teen and you're taking yourself very very seriously you're like that's not funny no no that's like that's like very childish like i'm serious you know and then you grow up again and fart jokes are funny again right yeah. they but, do the um, same the, the same term with pokemon <laughs> the fart joke bell <laughs> <Really>? curve <laughs> exactly yes the 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 fart joke bell curve. The uh, are you saying that there are middle Pokemon like generations that are? Uh, oh no, just that's how it works. Like you know, like when you're in high school, it's like it's not cool. Though, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, right, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when and you're so, in college, yeah. you're like, oh yeah, sweet Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like this has like reached, you know, it's it's a director like ending his era of self seriousness mm. in a way. Yeah. Uh, still being intelligent, but like. Like yeah. not not being like you need to take me seriously. I made a movie yeah. about a person who feels weird about being in another country. You know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, that just reminded me of uh, noted art house filmmaker Robert Eggers 
and I like how he makes fairly self-serious movies that also have uh, a lot of fart jokes in them. So, did the Northman have that too? It had a, it had a big old fart in it. So yes, <laughs> that was when I knew that it was like, oh, this is like a thing with him. Like, <laughs> I feel like there might have been too much of that in, in the lighthouse. <laughs> no, I mean, I uh, yeah. <laughs> also, the lighthouse, a twenty-four movie, the show, uh, Irma Vep, also made by a twenty-four. Yeah, true. Doesn't mean anything, but. <laughs> looping it back around yeah. also that theme song is so good oh, oh so good yeah never do it anyway but never skip the intro yeah was it hindi was it like it was it in hindi i never found that out what it was um, i'm gonna listen to it again after we finish recording because it's great and i you just reminded me of how how joyful it was to start every episode of that show yeah and it, like it it plays really loud uh and then like <laughs> the show starts while the theme song is still going and it's like really kind of like drowning out a lot of the words in a way like at Mm. the very beginning of the episode and it like kind of slowly fades out i like that it's like not it's not isolated from the rest of the show you know it like the 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 theme song and this kind of like uh animation that is a little dreamlike it's a more of a direct tribute to irma vep herself and the vampires uh and it's not like a completely isolated thing that you press a skip button on, you know, it, it like it bleeds into the beginning of the show. And I think like music starts coming in uh, before the show ends sometimes, yeah. too, which isn't like a wholly, you know, uncommon um, uh, convention. But I, I liked I liked it here. I thought it was fun. And, and the music was great, too. And yeah. the animation was great. Yeah, I love a good animated opening credits uh, sequence. I feel like there's been a... I'm, I'm going to go off on a whole tangent right now about how I feel like there's like a cheapening of opening credits in movies and TV. And it's like... They, they keep getting shorter and like... I don't know. There's Seemingly there's a big part of the population that just doesn't want to watch opening credits ever for any reason and hates them. And I resent that. I like yeah, opening I, credits. I feel like everyone for a while, should, everyone should be forced to watch them always. I agree. No for a while, buttons. everyone was uh, everyone was copying uh, True Detective. I think, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, my, my my most recent favorite was, was probably um, White Lotus. I always watched that. Yeah, great, loved it. I listened to that song by itself without even yeah. watching the credits. <laughs> so, um, but I don't know. It's like I was. It's it's weird when. Like, I'm watching White Lotus or Stranger Things or whatever show that has a cool opening credits thing. And I'm like, you made this show, company. Don't tell me to skip it. Like, you did this. Like, (laughs) don't you want me to watch the thing you made? There's a lot of stuff on Netflix that's like, it has stuff that, stuff that matters that happens over the closing credits. But then it it will, will, like, shrink into the corner and then, like, skip parts of it. Again, which I, I... I feel very strongly about. I don't like it. Uh, well, do you guys have any other any other thoughts? Anything else about uh, mm. vampires in general? It made me. I mean, suckers. It made me want to rewatch the serial, both the film and the um, both both Irma Veps. It made me want to watch Judex. True. We we like. We should just do that on our own time, I guess, because yeah. I was actually and. 
uh, just recently I was I was thinking about what I really like about Louis Fuyad things. And I think it's shared with a lot of other sort of like adventure stories that I like. And uh, I didn't really come to a conclusion about it, unfortunately, but I, I was trying to sort of hone in on like, what are the qualities about these, um, these stories that I really enjoy and kind of, um, cause I'd love to, I'd love to make something like a Louis Fiyad thing. Don't you want to re- make a remake of, of one of his <laughs> well, shorts? Well, see, I was <laughs> just yesterday. I was, I, I rewatched, uh, his 1911 film, the trust or the battles for money. Um, which similarly to the vampires has like knockout gas and like kidnapping plots and a cliff house with a cabin underneath. Um, but I was sort of like breaking it down. I'm like, all right, this is public domain. I could just remake this, but the actual plot of it is like pretty boring. (laughs) It's like a bunch of like business people in their offices, like having a disagreement with each other. So I, I don't know if that's going to happen necessarily but i the 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 qualities of louis fiyad stories is something i want to try to break down a little bit and maybe infuse into something the whole existence of vampires really seems like it kind of curses any kind of remake of louis fiyad work you know it's (laughs) like it's like too self it's like it's like too self-reflective already I, i was realizing like that like because irma vep exists like you can't really go and make a remake of of Les Vampires because you, like... no, you definitely could not. <laughs> like, no way. It's like deflating the whole concept from from the get go. Yeah. You know, I mean, people still make generic music biopics after uh, Walk Hard, though, and that kind of feels the same way. It's like how you can't do this anymore. Like the no, um, like it's it's been it's been parodied too well. Um, and yeah, I feel like if you were just going to make a straightforward remake of the vampires now, it'd be like, is, you didn't see the movie or the show or This is folly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I would watch the entire remake that they show on the show or like all the scenes that they show. And there's a lot of scenes that, of just like, here's the remake scene. We're just going to show it to you. I would, yeah, I would, I would have loved it if they just like shot an entire remake of Les Vampires, yeah. like, like, and and they just used some of the scenes for for Irma Vep. I don't think they did, but um, I would watch it if they did. Yeah, you could go in and like steal that footage and then edit your own. That might be the that might be the next thing to do. <laughs> I don't know if there's quite enough to make like a coherent version of the vampires out of those scenes but you could just stitch it i mean stitch it into the old there's, scenes there's yeah. no mazamet so it would never work exactly yeah <laughs> yeah um i'm glad i watched both of these i think it was sort of like um i feel like i started just watching the show almost on a whim like i guess i should watch this um and i'm really glad i did yeah and it's nice seeing stuff that's uh directly like uh talking about the stuff that we're looking at you know yeah it made me feel very relevant that we're doing this show yeah even though we didn't do it on time no uh, but uh yeah maybe we'll need to do another special episode for babylon or we'll have to hold off on it until our 1920s review episode maybe but have either of you watched it i have i have not yet 
I just stepped into the theater for that last part where it's like a montage of like all modern. Oh film, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> which which uh, I've heard is like kind of out of place given the rest of it. But that part it's, was kind of cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's just very weird. Yeah. Which is kind of how I feel about the whole movie. I'm like, cool, I guess. We should definitely, I feel like we should definitely talk about it when, uh, whenever you see it, Chris. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe record and, uh, monetize our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> There's no money happening here. <laughs> no. It's not why we're doing this. No, we do it for we're the not, love. We're, we're not sellouts. We love old stuff. Not, uh, we like the old post office, not the stamps.com post office. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Jack, did you have any uh, any last thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that like overall, it kind of just made me consider like I, when I watch anything that's kind of meta filmic, it makes me consider my own current relationship to film. Um, and I feel like, like you were saying, like I feel like I'm, I, I watch this at this point in my life where I'm like well past kind of like my honeymoon age with like my love for film. Like I'm much more kind of I, I in, in general I feel like I take film way less seriously now, but despite that I like can't get it out of my life. Like I can't like so I, it, it kind of just made me think about my own relationship to like the art form. I think. Um, made me feel more like assured that I, I I'm like allowed to feel like that. Like that I I don't need to be like obsessed with it to to enjoy it. Um, I think a lot, a big part of that has come with like working at a theater, but yeah, so it was, it was, it was, I think it was good in that regard. It kind of, it helps me like reconsider my relationship with film. Nice. I feel like if someone asked me to show them something that like, what were like represented what being on a set feels like the most, I might show them some scenes from the HBO or vet because like, it's very unflattering, but I do think it, it gets at a very, like, core <laughs> thing of, like, if you can watch this and not immediately be like, I never want to have anything to do with this, then you're good. As someone who just did the Paramount Studio tour, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I know what you mean. I know what you're talking about, and I feel that, oh, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I like how unromantic this movie is. Or I want it's very unromantic about I think like the reality of like being on a set and like the day to day job of it all, mm-hmm. but it, I think it is very romantic about the like greater headier ideas of like storytelling, I guess, including like yeah, uh, Mira's assistant who is just like yeah. constantly spouting like film theory at people <laughs> and like giving people like interesting, uh, like interesting perspectives on stuff. Uh, like that are above a lot of other people's heads you know yeah uh it's stuff that the show is interested in talking about uh Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't like delve into it too hard i guess yeah good show check it out good show uh all right well um that'll be it for this episode uh we will be finally back to our regularly scheduled nonsense uh uh with 1920 uh, in our next episode and then uh unless something strange happens like a a remake of um i don't know caligari caligari comes out uh no there is there is a remake of caligari but that can wait uh unless anything like that happens then we will be doing regular episodes until we get to 1930 
which will be quite a thing. Yeah. Uh, sound coming up. Uh, anyway, uh, make sure to uh, follow us on all the social media stuff, which is in the show notes. That links in the description. Links in the description. <laughs> and um, thank you so much, Jack, for joining us. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Th- thank you for having me on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Uh, see you all next year.